2: Right. Uh, is, uh, he stares in time the time eyes of the man, man who despises him. He's and you see the baby, my real mother, said him. when I came out
3: the womb, my little black sister right. raised in the air like a And she
1: was
3: proud, because I was going to take after her and not give it to
2: them. Welcome to Flight 3D. This is your captain speaking. We ask that you please note the emergency exits and safety signs. In the event our journey becomes just too
1: deep. All right, going to get into this. We're I we did our life. We're going to, we
3: are
1: going to war. Meet me at the back door to get your gun. I got M3,
0: M9, it's M15, it's M16. Super can't put a basketball down. He leaves tall super in a single bound. Super ain't got no degrees, he ain't got no time for that. Street corner, crack houses, projects, his natural habitat. Super got super strength, speed and agility. So it's understandable when the cops beat him down to the best of their ability. Super had no supervision. Instead he had super, it's between 17 and 25 super inches used to satisfy them super senses. With well, a clone little black girl who won't die but fight. Will they clone little
3: black girls who supplement stamina for endless struggles to write? Will they clone little black girls like Asada, Sonia, Tubman, knowing what they know? Will they
0: clone little black girls like Nikki, Zora, Mommy, and Grandma, who orchestrate train
3: Ain't nobody got more they than go.
1: us. Aspiring
3: under- under- artist sent under- saliva nine, in their palms, eight, eight, producing, nine, nine, producing nine, hits making nine, noise nine, with their fists. Lanky limbros with astros break beats and pop lock
1: on dance flows, made flows. Let me talk to you for a second.
3: This is Master Grio Radio, channel 13 on your NBVTA internet radio dial. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I am your host for this moment in time. It's time for purpose-driven words, shaping thoughts, building minds, True Wealth, Communities, and Legacies.
1: If my words had wings, they'd fly to you each day.
3: Welcome to Spoken Word Poetry, the art, the industry, the viability. I am Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and we have a great show coming on today. Waiting for a co-host to call in, Franchon um, sweet, sweet friend Sean, she's going to call in. She's on her way. Give me a call into the studio, our co-host. And we're going to welcome her back after uh, one month hiatus.
1: But we're just
3: excited today. Um, spoken word poetry, the art, the industry, the viability is simply about... The industry of spoken word, the business of spoken word, and is it an industry? Spoken word is hot. It's fast becoming um, more and more popular. Can we leverage this um, again found? I don't want to say newfound because there have always been these waves of popularity with spoken word, but can we leverage this into a viable industry And we define viable industry as an industry that can support the artist by their art. Artists would be able to do their art and be able to make a living with their art form. So that's what we think of when we think of, when we speak about spoken word, the art, the industry, the viability. And I think I have a vision for so many great things, and I think like, so many different things are possible. And it just seems like, um, one, we need to believe it. We need to get a vision beyond just what we've already been doing. And then third, we want to make sure whatever we do does not interfere with the integrity of the word. So at this moment and time, I will bring on our co-host, promoter, poet, performer, entrepreneur, Sweet Franchine. <laughs>
1: hey, darling, I'm
3: so glad to be back <laughs>
4: with you guys. Hi, everybody, part of the domestic rehab show. is Sweet Franchine. I'm in the building.
3: All right, all right. Well, we already got two people on the line. We have our guest on the line, and I just want to, like, refer to you as a poet what we're gonna be talking about today is um two things about video production and about opportunities we have um mm-hmm. our one guest David Mohammed is going to introduce our other guest who does b e t comic view he manages many well known comics and everything, but he's a poet, so I want to find out what is his vision and what do he feel are the possibilities and poetry in this day and age. And then we want to talk about video production. I did a um, playlist of some scripted and not live spoken word videos, and they're good, but the level um, of creativity in the spoken word videos doesn't seem to match a lot of times the creativity of the words. And, um, you know, I know a lot of times it can be budget because of independent artists, but I really sometimes wonder if people are envisioning the possibilities of what they can do with video. And I think there's such great opportunity for spoken word artists to start producing um, more creative and higher quality videos. And to get them out there in and distribution, and to use the, and the video to leverage that again into sales and shows, and to bring up um, to bring the industry to a new level.
1: So I'm
4: so um, glad you mentioned that. I'm so glad ahead. you mentioned that, Sister Jacqueline, because one of the things I've noticed has been a tremendous help to me is just doing promo videos for the shows that I produce or I'm performing in. Um, They've been a huge success for me as far as uh, marketing my product and giving people an idea outside of my immediate um, geographic location of what I do. And it's interesting that you also said that because one of the things I'm doing with my upcoming CD is that it will have a series of I'm going to handle it just like any other um, um, musician or performing artist. I'm going to have a video per track and drop it like singles. And I am so excited to be able to use, I use this guy named Ivan Thomas from Blue Films um, here who gets me creatively and always comes up with some fantastic ideas where he, you know, he gets it. He films like a cinematographer. And where we're making what I'm calling 90-minute uh, movies. We even have one that's going to be similar to a movie trailer to introduce the album. So I think video is a great tool, especially in this day and time, that we all can be independent artists and use all the mediums to promote ourselves, to share our work. And I think video um, is one of the best tools as performing artists that
3: we can, especially poets, that we can use right now to get people to see what we really do and witness it firsthand. Okay. Well, we're going to bring on our guest, we're going to bring on David Muhammad. He's a video producer, a techie, among a lot of other things, and a father and all, and he's going to share with us who he is. But he has produced videos for the Ying Yang Twins, 3-6 Mafia, and many others, and he's out in the Bay Area. Hello, David.
2: Oh, well, hello, Jackie. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Definitely appreciate being a part of uh this uh, groundbreaking opportunity to uh, enlighten everyone about the possibilities of video and poetry and bringing this out into the forefront. All right.
3: Now we have another caller on the line from the 818. Can you introduce yourself?
5: My name is Tony Spires, a.k.a. Tony Fruition Spires, and I'm happy to be here also. What's up, y'all? All All right. Okay. Okay.
3: So we're going to go back to you, David. Is this
2: is this your guest? Yes, that's my guest right. and a good friend of mine, uh, this well-accomplished uh, gentleman, a brother, a friend, uh, good people all the way around. He did so much uh, work for so many different years. Uh, I think he has 25 years of doing the black comedy competition here in the Bay Area where uh, many of the mainstream top comedians, have won the award, Uh, Mark Curry, D.C. Curry. We had D.L. Hughley. I mean, he got the list goes on and on and on. And uh, this brother right here is also the producer of uh, the BET's Comic View uh, with his partner, his wife, uh, Rhonda Spire. So uh, I I definitely uh, look up to him as a brother. And not only that, he has a nonprofit program where he works with the youth, and they put on so many different presentations. He raised funds for them, and he does film work also. He has a background of, uh, you know, entertainment uh, as part of uh, his education. I know he went to San Francisco State. I'm not going to talk too much about him because I probably just out his whole bio, and he won't have a chance to say nothing. He probably didn't even know I knew all that about
5: him. So uh, I appreciate you, David. I appreciate you, bro. Well,
2: gentlemen, we're so glad to have
4: you online. Share with me what your thoughts are as far as your um, artistic medium, as what you think that poets can use more, how you think your medium would um, benefit poets or spoken word artists on the scene.
5: Right on, yeah. You know what, um, the sister who was giving her comments earlier, who said she's uh, working on her upcoming CD, I really agree with what she was saying. Uh, But but let me go back and just, first of all, just to clarify what David said. Back in the day when Comic View, the original BET Comic View, I produced on that original show, not the new one that's coming out this year, but the original show, I was involved for like the first seven seasons. And uh, the Burial Black Comedy Competition is now in its 28th year, and Dave is right. A lot of the great comedians who we know, like Jamie Foxx and Cat Williams and Mike Epps, and so many uh, Laura Hayes, Cheryl Underwood, uh, Linnell, some of our great male and female Black comics have come out of the event. But uh, I am also a musician and a spoken word poet, and uh, I I understand. I mean, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm glad to be able to share my thoughts on the subject because I do, I do have some. And as a cat that has his uh, own CD out right now and as a cat who also is a featured filmmaker, I really do understand the challenges and I understand some of the opportunities that a, a spoken word artist or a poet can take advantage of by using the film. I definitely agree with what the sister said about... Putting videos out. My son is an accomplished uh, rapper, hip-hop artist, producer, and uh, many years ago he said, "Dad, you uh, you actually have flow with your poetry. You ought to put some music tracks to it." Like what? And he said, "Yeah, that's what a lot of people are doing now." And uh, another good uh, partner of mine, a uh, uh, hip-hop artist from the Bay Area named Krush Adelic told me the same thing, and then. Another hip-hop spoken word theater artist partner of mine from the Bay Area, Ice Life, told me the same thing. So after all those confirmations, I just decided to uh, take them up on that. My son really turned me on to some great tracks, some great contemporary hip-hop and R&B tracks, and I started putting my verses to those tracks, and uh, I came up with a 16-track album. Some people call right. it poetry spoken word. Some people call it... Rap. Some people have different, I call it lyrics and groove, and people can call it whatever they want. But my goal was to get my message out. I have a message through the written word. And uh, back in the day, uh, we did poetry. We didn't really do we, You might have some drums playing or what, what, what have you in the background, but you really weren't doing it the way the young folks do it now. So I said, I really like what they do. I like how they do it, so I uh, put my two cents worth in, threw my head in the ring, and now I have my own album, Paradigm Shift. I'm working on my second album right now. And you know what? The challenge is for me, because I'm a filmmaker, it's like a photographer. Some photographers have the ability to film themselves. For me, I have not conquered that particular hurdle yet in terms of making a music video for myself. So it's kind of funny because uh, my, my wife, like, you're a good filmmaker. You should, you should be the first one to make a, a film of, about your spoken word. Like, yeah, and my son tells me that, but that's the challenge that I face. I haven't yet made a music video for myself, but I totally agree that that's the next level. The first level for me was to put it to music because music speaks m- much more loudly, in my opinion, than just straight spoken word. I think music helps relay the message a lot. It speaks languages even beyond our verbal language. And I think that the visual aid is the next step and a very important step. Music videos are key to selling any song now. So it's like I'm flipping by not doing it, but I'm working on it now. For my next CD that I hope will be out in, in the next four to five months, I will have music videos, like the sister says, Per each single I drop, I will have a music video, Lord willing. I will I will have that. And uh, I, I think that, oh, I wanted to say also, because I have film background, when I make a film, I have an upcoming film. It's actually my first short film that I've ever made called Joke Thief, about a, a cat that tries to get uh, ahead in the business before his time by stealing other folks' jokes. What my son and I have done is we put together a full-length soundtrack for a short film, and we think that's kind of revolutionary. And what I've done is put some of my spoken word into Three. the movie. Okay, so that is uh, another step in the right direction. So we're trying to break yeah. new ground. So, uh, and I think uh, what we talked about is releasing the first single off the soundtrack even before the movie hits the film festival circuit and we will be taking clips from the movie and putting it in the video for the first single so I'm moving in the right direction
3: yeah I think that is just um, I'm glad you said that and um those were more opportunities that i hope for and i look for for spoken word to yeah. be included more in the films and, yeah. I, and i just sometimes i think its the limitation is, is really only people's imagination I, I actually um and i'm not a poet <laughs> okay. but i i did write um i'm a marketing person but i did okay, write a poem important. um that I call Spoken Perceptions About Spoken Word. And Mm. I'll just share with everyone real quick. It says, how do you perceive spoken word poetry? How do you perceive performance poetry? Is your view linear one way? Or do you envision a rhythmic pattern of words spoken to the wild and out of rock, the smoothness of R&B, the syncopation of jazz, the rock of hip-hop, and the soulful sound of soul? And do you imagine the word can stand alone? Can you ingrain in mind, action, and film the mastery of performance poetry to make the, um, the that difference in your commercial movie or PSA, the cadence rhythm bringing the drama, the point, the thrill, the laugh, the indignation, the chill to your soundtrack? Do you see great collaborations where rap is, once went, music, dance, theater, print, imagery? Imagine.
4: Mm. I love it. It sounds like a poem to me. And the man. It is everything that uh, we as poets represent, for sure. Uh, what I want to share with um, you guys also is one of the most revolutionary poems, I mean movies, that really used poem. They didn't use it as um, a visual, but he used it as part of his dialogue with this movie by, um, called Deep Cover featuring Lawrence Fishburne in the early days yep. and oh, yeah. uh, written by Bill Duke. And it was just beautiful how he... Use poetry as part of the scripting, yes, and and you know, and that's what I see happen. I hope that I'm part of that movement in creating um, more movies, more scripts, whether it's play, whether it's film or video, that really uses poetry to tell the story. In fact, my live production called Soul Opera, we call it telling stories of love and life using poetry, music, and song, and hmm. I really think it's appreciated because we take a storyline and it's very um unlike some plays right now where these songs seem to pop up out of nowhere it seems to be a very smooth transition a very um organic opportunity in the way we tell the story and we get each person to tell the story is using whatever um expression uh is their gift and um We've been having a good time with it, and just having the poetry as a, as the main component uh, with the music and then having singers on board and having a storyline or a theme has been very, very um, successful for me. It really seems to in, people who don't typically come out to a poetry event come to my event.
1: There you go. Um, so,
4: and, and it's really awesome when they say, wow, I've never really been to a poetry event. And if I'm their first experience, I'm like, well, everybody's not like this now, you know. But they That's come right. out and they have a good time. And it sounds like everybody on the call today are really open to being innovative and using poetry um, in various uh, mediums to introduce different um, people to poetry who,
1: yes. who, don't,
4: who are not typical your open mic attendees. Yeah. Yes,
3: yeah, that's, um, with the Master Creole Project, Master Creole Radio is part of the Master Creole Project, and the goal of the Master Creole Project is to help create a viable industry for spoken word. And um, many of the spoken word artists I know, they have no problem with the spoken word community. <laughs> you know, they're part of it.
1: Mm-hmm. So my
3: objective and goal is always to bring spoken word where it's not normally. Mm-hmm. I mean, the poets mm-hmm. don't. They tell me about where the spoken word is going on. My objective is to bring them in other places, and and that's growing more and more. And so that's when we, um, you'll see, says change the linear views because most people generally have a single view about spoken word. They yeah. think it's a Love Jones. They think it's uh, just a Gil Scott Heron, or you know, you mm-hmm. just can play jazz in the background. You know, they generally have one way of thinking about it. That's right. As opposed to, and, and, and it, at one time it caused interference. Like a lot of times when poets go on and poets that I've worked with, we go to shows and all, if there's, most of the time if there's a band in the background, we have to tell them, especially the older cats. the younger guys are a little bit more flexible, but the older ones, we had to tell them don't play because they're going to go straight into a jazz mode.
1: No mm-hmm. matter, who,
3: they're not listening to the cadence of the poet. <laughs> and you, you and they're not following them you know François
1: mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. franchise
3: you know just greg right yeah, I know,
1: just, yeah I know just yeah. you know, just
3: greg is spitting and and this guy you know he's to- total hip hop and he's spitting and and we're at the Cleft Club, which is Cleft Club of Jazz. And these people just insisting upon going into a jazz mode. I'm like, you can't listen that. Kind of like when he's doing two for five, two for five. You know, talking right. about the hustle in the street. We don't need jazz behind that. Certain things don't
4: work.
1: Right. But well, wow. I've been
3: not really blessed. Wow. I've been really
4: blessed because my band is the very opposite. They listen yeah. to your cadence. They they. They know what to play behind you. Sometimes they play jazz behind you. They can pick up a hip-hop beat behind you. They can Mm -hmm. pick up R&B, Neo, Soul, some blues. They listen, especially if you give them an idea beforehand what the poem is about. And so Mm -hmm. it kind of spoiled me. So when I go to other places... I sometimes yeah. band, now that's okay, I'm good. You know, Yes, yes yeah, that's
3: yeah. yeah, that's that's most of the time what the poet has to do. We have to say, No, nah, that's no thank you and just, you know, do it without the music because wow. um it, it's those special bands that take the time to listen. Some um, you know, they actually listen to the poet. And um but I found that it's not just, you know, bands. a lot of, it's, it's the audience, too. A lot of them think one way. And so yeah. by exposing the diversity to many different poets and the many different rhythms, like we're going, you know, right now we're blessed to have um, Sonia Sanchez, Maya Angelou, all the way down to little babies right now. Mm-hmm. So we have, like, Three, four, five generations in rhythms of spoken mm-hmm. word going yeah. on right now. You know, at this one time, so it's really a special time.
1: Yes, it is.
3: And yeah, now what I did want to kind of get back to is want to bring David back in because we just want to talk about, um, and you can help too, Tony, with this. What well, we want to enlighten the artists um, to. What's the process for making a video? I'm an independent artist with, you know, spoken word music, whatever, but I need to make a video. And one you question know, what I want to process? throw
4: out there when you add to this, Tony and Muhammad, is do you have to have a storyline just for a 90-second video, or you know, a two-minute video? I mean, do you have to have a storyboard?
2: David? No, I I really don't think. I think everything has to do with, like, creativity. And sometimes you'll find that a video don't have nothing to do with the song. So uh, sometimes a video might not want to follow the song with visuals. It might want to do something else. But with spoken word, like, Tony kind of brought out a lot about having music behind spoken word. And with a video and the music behind the spoken word. I've heard this before on some unconventional levels. Even in rap music, they would begin the song with a spoken word, but in sort of the hip-hop terms of a spoken word. It's a a gentleman, probably a lot of people haven't heard of him, but he was from the West Coast and used to speak on, uh, there's a gentleman from the West Coast that passed away named Mac Dre, Mm -hmm. and they had a guy that was... uh, uh, spoken word artist called the Mac Minister used to do spoken word, but he used to use a lot of profanity and street talk. But the rhyme, the cadence, and the music and everything was just so deep. They used to have him as the intro to a lot of the uh, uh, music uh, that they put out. So I, I think that having a script or a treatment or whatever is really not necessary but what's really important is having the visuals together. So, I would get location, figure out uh, where you're going to shoot, who's going to be in the video. Um, I really believe in having the right attire in a video to make things work. If you could get somebody to do makeup and things like that, the hair and you know, because I, I see a lot of videos now. I see them on YouTube and. It seems like they just haphazardly go out and shoot a video. Nowadays you can have one camera man shoot a video, take it to edit it, and then they put it out there on YouTube, which is a good medium because you don't have to have a big budget to get it on the airwaves. You can have a big following on YouTube, and what happens is a lot of the uh, networks find out who have a lot of views, and you could make money just off having a lot of views. Nowadays, they have monetization of YouTube where you can have an ad roll right across your YouTube video. So back on the subject though, that's why I was thinking it's important to have everything mapped out before you go to shoot a video. Make sure you have your location, make sure you have your lighting, make sure you have you know the right camera equipment the right people to shoot the video. And here in San Francisco, we have a film coalition, so it's a directory of everybody that you want. You want somebody to do the lighting. You can find somebody that's accomplished to do the lighting. You, you need a, a director of photography. Uh, you can have a, a cameraman. You can have gaffers. You can have everything you want. You could kind of pick those tools that you need to put out a quality product and what Tony was talking about was the music. So that's another thing. If you're going to have, like, spoken word with music, you want to make sure, and Jackie mentioned this too,
1: cadence
2: to the beat. So I, I think all these things kind of play a part in putting out a good product because people would eat it up. If we had poetry is rap, rap is poetry. They both go hand in hand. They both are saying, I'm not really into poetry, and that's why I'm really glad that you guys are on, I mean, I love poetry. I just don't go to the poetry shows. That's what I meant to say. But I think this is something that's groundbreaking, and uh, the people on the line here is a, is a great mix, giving out some great information. Uh, so I think if you don't have a script, it's fine. If you have one, that's even better. So basically, that answer the question. I hope. Well,
3: now when you say, you, a, uh, can, can, can. go ahead. Yeah, I just want to you know bring it back because everybody's not on the same level of knowledge. So when you have, say a script in which you said was a treatment, generally you do a treatment for a video. You say you don't have to have it, but doesn't the treatment help you at least with your you know sequen- you know your sequences and you know it's just a good planning tool.
2: Right. I wasn't really saying that you don't have to have a treatment, but I was saying that you don't have to have the treatment follow the song. So I I think Mm -hmm. it's mandatory to have a treatment in order to map out the direction of the video and the outcome. But I don't think that the treatment needs to follow the song lyrics, so to say, to make it a good video.
3: Now, can you explain to our people what a treatment is?
2: A treatment is, they call it a storyboard, some places and basically it gives you uh, the visuals and read out how the filming is going to take place like a play, scene one, scene two, scene three, and during that treatment, you're going to spell out, oh, I'm going to be at the club. Behind the bar with two girls sitting at the bar and I'm gonna be pouring drinks and then I'm gonna walk in with uh my crew uh like somebody the other people are gonna walk in with my crew so you kind of explain the whole mm-hmm. picture of the scenery of what's about to happen and kind of map out you know the outfits and then the director would be able to uh, make the artist project a certain image, doing a certain scene, and bring out the best of that artist, like a movie director. So it's mm-hmm. it, it's all the same. It's, it has everything to do. Like Tony is well versed in plays, uh, comedy. Uh, he he could touch on basically. He knows exactly what I'm talking about because he did all this stuff before. Even with the comic aspect of it, you know, I I believe they was uh, probably one of my favorite shows. I I used to always sit up and watch Comic View when I was uh, always. I like Ronaldo Ray. He would be sitting over there Mm -hmm. with with Laura Hayes, and then they would take a break from the stage and go over. To the bar area where Laura Hayes and Ronaldo Ray was
1: mm-hmm. and that,
2: that was a, a great takeaway but it's those visuals that bring people in and that was my favorite part of the show to, to hear them joke and then catch on with the comedian so um, you know he was doing this basically back uh, not too long ago so th- those visuals and uh, scenes and different aspects of the filming is, is important to bring in the audience.
5: Yeah. And for, for me, I'm, as a filmmaker, I've, I've, I've made uh, two feature films and just finished my first short film. So I have two, two movies that are two hours long. They're dramatic films. Uh, and when I say I'm a filmmaker, I write, produce, direct, and act in my movies. So okay. I try to wear as many hats as I can and try to be as skilled as I can be in them. I think of all the things that I am, because that's what I, when I first started in my creative life, I started out as a poet. So I'm a writer first. So for me, it's all about, uh, as one of my uh, old writing instructors told me a long time ago, if it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage. So... <laughs> So for me I'm a I'm a real avid writer and I'm a real stickler for a script. Um I, I always say that's the blueprint. And then once you have mm-hmm. the blueprint like the comedian Sinbad, you guys maybe you guys remember Sinbad. He yeah. said this a, a long time ago he said first you have to learn the rules, then you can break the rules. So uh you guys were talking about uh everybody's not at the same level. Well, I highly recommend that if a person's at the beginning stages of whatever it is that they're uh whatever their field of endeavor is, especially in the arts, I would say follow the rules first. So for me in terms of filmmaking and David can tell you in terms of video I haven't made a music video yet. You would think I would have but I plan to, but whenever I make a feature film, I make sure I have a dope script. I think so and other people in my circle have to think so too, and doesn't not just dope, but a really a complete script. And people have to be able to visualize what I visualize because one thing as a writer and as a as a poet too, but as a screenplay writer and as a as a stage play writer, a playwright, we have to visualize. but it's important that it's not just in our eyes, the other people that we have to collaborate with. They have to be able to visualize when they read it, too. Most of us as as black people from from Africa on to America, we've always been good storytellers. We have a long oral tradition. What's important is that we take that oral tradition and that oral ability and transfer, transfer it to paper or in this day and age to the computer screen because people have to be able to read our thoughts. That's how we communicate our thoughts and then not just read them but once they read them, they have to be able to internalize those thoughts that we have on paper or on computer, and they have to be able to visualize it the same way you do because it's all about communicating your vision to the people who are going to help you bring your vision to life. So I highly recommend learning the skill and the craft of writing, whether it's a treatment like David was describing, which is basically your visual outline, and, and which helps because sometimes the person who does the treatment or who creates the story is not the writer. So it, mm-hmm. you know some people have different skills. Some directors don't actually do the writing, but they take your vision, take your treatment, or your screenplay, or mm-hmm. your or your uh, uh, play, your stage play, and then they bring it yes. to life. So the things that we're talking about are highly collaborative. And I don't mean to jump subjects, but that's why I love poetry and spoken word too, and that's why I I like being a recording artist which is probably my newest endeavor. I've only been doing that for like five years now, but I really like that too because I can collaborate as much as I want and I cannot collaborate as much as I don't
1: want to. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, I do. So, so. Um, I'm also marketing director for a theater, so I do, you know, as far as the process of, you know, plays and um and even oh, wow. movies and mm-hmm. films and scripts, yeah, we've been, since 2000. And I've also done
5: other theaters.
3: Hmm.
4: Where are you
5: all located?
3: I'm in Philadelphia.
5: Okay. In I'm South in Florida. Delaware,
4: but I was going to say, can I be your Facebook friend? We have a lot in
3: common.
5: Oh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes,
3: indeed. Yes, so yes take you, a moment. I, um, Let me, this, um, one moment, friends. So I just want to take a moment, and that's for um, Tony, can you? Um, give us your name again and I have the name of your C D. We have that as um Paradigm Shift, but how can people yeah. contact you?
5: Okay. Um you can contact me on Facebook, Tony mm-hmm. T O N Y, S like Sam, T like Paul, I R like Robert, E as an Edward S. Tony Spires on Facebook. You can uh okay. I encourage people to join my fan page, which is fruition. On Facebook, Facebook Facebook slash Fruition, which is P like Paul, H is in Henry, R is in Robert, U, I, S is in Sam, H is in Henry, U N is in Nancy. Fruition is phonetically spelled out. Fruition, so spell and out I'm also on Reverb Nation as Fruition. You can check out some of my tr- tracks, sample the v- variety of the things that I that I do. And uh, yeah, can you spell and that um, also you can again? find out more about my comedy work at blackcomedycompetition.com. dot com. Okay. Um, oh, and you can you can you can uh, get more information on my Youth Arts Foundation, which is called Full Vision Arts Foundation. That can be found at Full Vision Arts with the F dot org. Okay. Now, fruition.
3: Can you spell that one more time?
5: Yes, P A. I, 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 you know what? After all these years, I'm saying maybe I shouldn't have made it so hard to spell. But anyway, P H R. P H R. Okay. P H R. Which is fru. And then I S H, which is ish, and then U N. Okay.
1: Mmm.
5: P H R U I S H U N. fruition
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. And I went to Tony's uh, Facebook page and was sending him messages uh, today. So he has a really nice uh, fan page on Facebook and uh, a couple of different uh, uh, personal folk profiles of uh, Tony Spire. So that's how we corresponded uh, a lot today outside of uh, the text messages. And then I found out about uh, his new project. So I definitely uh, recommend everybody go check him out.
5: Right on, Dave. I appreciate you, bro.
4: And um, 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 You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, any of the social medias, Reverb Nation, at Sweet Franchon. That's S-U-I-T-E-S-R-A-N-C-H-O-N. Or you can always Google Peace, Love, and Poetry. So we have a website, www.peacelovepoetry.com or Sweet Franchon. U.S. So I hope that I can be in touch with not only those who are listening, but my two new fellow colleagues because we're doing a lot of the same good work on different coasts, and I'm um, I'm out on the west coast fairly often.
5: Oh, good. That's that's what's up. That's what we got: Delaware and Philly, and Los Angeles and San Francisco all on at the same time. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> that's
5: definitely. That's a beautiful thing. Well, yeah. I hope you got. Oh, I'm on. Um, Twitter also. I don't use it that much, but I'm on Twitter also, fruition. At okay. fruition.
3: Okay, great.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now
3: Francois, you were you were getting ready to say something? I just wanted I, I just
4: appreciate uh both David and Tony sharing um, you know, about their video experience and all their gifts and how they bring it together and do ver- create various products and one of the challenges I find, and I think um, David might have touched based on this, as the entertainment company who focuses on spoken word artists as well as independent, those who want to remain independent artists in the region, lots of times they can only focus on their their one craft. A poet just wants to perform poetry, poetry, um, uh, a singer just wants to sing, but yet they want to build their brand. They want to get out there, and they and I keep telling them, you know things have changed. Yes, you can do, you can go with all the open mics in the world these days, but you have to create a presence. And the fastest way, in my opinion, to get somebody's attention is through video. I'm telling you, I literally saw a number, a change in my um, numbers by thirty percent in attendance when I just started doing promos. 30-second and 60-second promos um, for, and they weren't even high quality at the time. I didn't know what I was doing. I just Mm -hmm. do some music and some flash images up, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw an increase almost immediately, um, about 30% in my, my attendance numbers. And this will be the first time in three years that I have printed flyers. And I have had... And I and I don't have any problem getting people in the seats. So I just want to share that with the poets That's and beautiful. the um, artists that are listening. That if you want to be an independent artist and it's a way to be able to get paid other than selling CDs and just performing, it's, it's a way to use these video as a tool so people can know who you are. It increases your revenues. I'm telling you. Trust me when I tell you.
1: Hmm.
5: Hmm. Would, would would you all mind if I make a comment on poetry and spoken word? Yes, sir. I, I just want to <laughs> say that I think that artists uh, have to decide what they're, quote-unquote, in it for. I think that's really important. Um, if your goal is to be a commercial artist or, in, in this sense, a, a commercial spoken word and poetry artist, then you have to do those things that will uh, uh uh which will allow you to do those those things um for me, I really feel like poetry is a is a is a is a very powerful tool is a very uh, uh socially i i think that there's a social responsibility that comes along with poetry and that doesn't mean that it's true that's just my personal feeling so mm-hmm. for me it it is hard for me to find ways to pimp poetry does that make sense so for me it's hard to make it commercialized now that doesn't mean that one can't make one's living at it i'm you know i'm doing my my thing in all the art forms that i am busy in and uh use them all to make my living but i just want to make sure that everybody considers that because like if you if you just love sharing the, uh, uh, your message, if, for me, my, my work is primarily political, socially conscious stuff. So for me, uh, it's important to get the message out. For some people, it's important to show their vocal skills. For some people, it's important to, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's, a whole, it's, it's wide open and it's enough room for everybody But I guess my overall point is that at the end of the day, each poet has to decide what they're in poetry for. And even if it's political, political how. My stuff tends to deal with our people, with black people, African Americans, or what have you. Some people are dealing with class, you know, the uh, differences in class. Some people are talking about sexism. Some people are talking about uh, uh, art. The you know flowers and landscapes and just general things that affect them in their daily walk, but if you're trying, because basically what I'm saying is we saw what happened to hip hop. We see what's happening, what's happening to hip hop. Those of us, I'm sure, all of us are old enough to know when hip hop was more pure, when hip hop Mm -hmm. was really art. And we see now, the, I hope this isn't a bad term, but we we're seeing the bastardization of hip-hop now, in my yeah. in my humble opinion. And that's because it got out of the, the hands of those who created it and those who were, who it was meant for. And poetry, the same thing, can happen. It is starting to grow, and there are a lot of shows, especially out here on the West Coast, there's a lot of shows, and the shows aren't always what I feel to be beneficial to the uh, proliferation of the pure art form. I see it as people, not always even our people, pimping that, that young burgeoning industry too. So I think we need to be aware of that. And if that's the way people want to go, there's room for everything. So I'm not mad at you if you do that. Just know at the end of the day what your purpose is.
4: And I absolutely agree with you and appreciate that insight, but the only thing I want to share is that as an entertainment business who helps artists really tap into what they want to represent and through their art, their brand, their image, or whatever the case may be, yeah. I believe, you know, in my instance, I consider myself a more traditional style poet. My work is not what some people are accustomed to as far as, um, deaf po- you know, the deaf poetry slams and all that kind of stuff, but... <laughs> Is even so, you know, idea. I stay true to who I am. I create when I cannot find a venue. That is, the reason I even exist is as far as producing a show. I didn't start out as a show producer, director, writer, any of that. I was just a, a poet who, who wrote. I was a literary poet more than a
5: spoken word poet.
1: Me too, sister. And, too.
4: And, but what I discovered was that I could create something that's visually pleasing As entertaining using traditional poetry and again you're absolutely right it's about the artist knowing what they're trying to do what they're willing to do just like any artist some artists who, who decide in music to remain independent so they can be true to their voice I think the same we're going to face the same challenges as poets one day where in order to remain true to our own voice we won't be able to go commercial but with that being said Again, the reason we're on this call is because video is a great tool for that. You don't abs- you don't have to be commercial to do a video and to- there's going to be people who
3: are going to be drawn to your message.
5: That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 110 I Yeah, with- so
3: that's um that's one of our main things we want to say here that that there's definitely opportunity for the industry to grow and for for it to be able to support um the artists. But, you know, we don't have to mimic everything else. You know, that's just kind of like a bad thing for our people. You know, we in the sense you mimic the oppressor so much and you Absolutely. don't think outside the box. We can define how that is and it can still be um, financially um, beneficial
5: because, okay. honestly,
3: we weren't made to be beggars or poor. That's not how we're designed.
5: That's
3: right. So, when you know, and if we would respect one, understand one another, and support one another, it really there's no need for people to go around hungry. And, um, what, you know, one of the movements I work with, we say, you know, the artist is the storyteller and the keeper of our culture. So mm-hmm. as a culture and a community, we shouldn't really allow that concept of a starving artist because when we're gone, it's the art that lives on. Mm-hmm. And what stories do we want to tell? Mm-hmm. And right now, we are not the gatekeepers, and we don't own our own art, so we don't have control not just over the stories that are being told now, but the legacies that are being left.
5: Exactly. Wow. So, Keith,
3: sister. Yeah, and I say that because I know some phenomenal spoken word artists who have such lessons to teach, and they will not record and like sometimes um, it is not just about it's not about being commercial. You have a duty to record your work. hmm
1: hmm You know you it's have a probably, duty at some point in time to leave their with, art
5: with what they're seeing, and I I understand that struggle as a manager of commercial artists. I understand that because you know I manage people and I help them fulfill their commercial goals, so i 'm glad to do that for them, and I, I always tell them if this is what you want, I'm down for helping you do it for me personally, as an artist, I have things that I will and won't won't do um, but I'm trying to bridge the gap i'm trying to bridge the gap because i I think it should be intergenerational because a lot of the older people people in my age group probably see things a different way than a, than a lot of the younger folks see it, but I think it's important for the sake of the art form that is multi-generational. I think that's a real... For the real sake and, of the
1: community.
5: For the sake of the community. I'm, I, I just wrapped you know. up a, a nine-week run of a play that I was involved in, a brother named Ice Life, who's a very well-known uh, spoken word. Um, he calls himself a spoken word hip-hop theater artist, and he does all okay. those those different disciplines. And he wrote a book called <laughs> Pistols and Players, and he put it on the stage as a play. And I, I was... One of the uh, performers in the play. I, it, it's a. He, it's primarily him bringing his book to life, his spoken word to, to life, and uh, he wanted to make sure he had a multi multi generational uh, 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 cast. So he had me all the way up in in my 50s, and he had a young a young the youngest cat in the play was 19 years old. So. We had the full gamut up there, and everybody got educated about everybody else, and I think that's how we pushed the art form forward too. And in terms of legacy yeah. and all that, I think think that's part of what we do it. We the old the older people have to do that each one teach one thing, but we have to also have our ears open and listen to what the young folks got to say, and vice versa, because we're all learning from each other. Like I said, I was like the sister said, she was a literary poet. That's all I knew. And I would get mm-hmm. up and do poetry readings if I ever did it. I didn't even memorize mm-hmm. my poems. But my mm-hmm. son, being that the rapper, said, Dad, this is how we do it now. And so I listened. So sometimes if you just listen, and those people that refuse to record, they just have to be spoken to by somebody, maybe in their age group or somebody from their shared experience, and explain, have it explained to them in a language they can understand, because you're right. They a lot is being missed, that they do have a responsibility to teach and to share. They're probably just feeling yeah, intimidated by technology. And they do. They're
3: technology. great teachers. They're great sharers. But, you know, I, you know, and I guess I look at it because, I don't know, I've been bred to be this, this go-between. It seems like, you know, I can kind of see greatness in, in all, any moment in time I sit down, whether it's a tree or a sun or a person, Wow. And, and and sometimes you, you want to share that. And mm-hmm. I work with a lot of youth, you know, who are considered problem youth.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: I know mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. stuff I hear from these poets, if they would hear it, they would really like it. And it would speak to them. Mm. But, I, mm. you know, how do I carry their voice? And, wow. you know, I'm here in Philly, I'm doing a lot of work on the Internet, and, you know, I'm like, I can't, you know. Everybody that wants to hear your work is not going to be at a show in front of you, even if it's local. <laughs> you know that everyone is not going to say, "Come out to your show." So, you, you know, you know, if your message-driven, if you feel you you've been gifted this to share, mm-hmm. then yeah, you, know, you know, that's what these tools are for. And so, sometimes I think if we, um, if the artists really understand their intent and their purpose, it will help guide them. Yeah, and what decisions to and not to make, and not allow them. You know, you know. Sometimes, a lot of times, I know a lot of spoken word artists. You know, a lot of artists, periods, get taken advantage of, and so sometimes they get jaded. You know, mm-hmm. doing business.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But um, mm-hmm. this has been an excellent conversation, and it's um, you know great information. We definitely want to follow up with our networking. Um, if anyone still wants to call in we have six more minutes and the number is six four six seven one six seven nine nine four. Again that call in number is six four six seven one six seven nine nine four. And um, you know, I guess you know our main takeaways are uh Francoise, she's been saying it, saying it, she's saying it in a different voice, but um, in marketing you can't help but hear, you know, video is the way, video is the way, video is the way. Everybody's doing video seminars and, you know, your marketing regs about how to use video to market. Video is the avenue. So, um, you know, you need to tell your story. Um, if the one thing I'm hoping that will come out of this is the spoken word artists will produce more creative and better quality videos. Um mm. Because there's not a whole lot of videos out there on spoken word artists that are scripted or not live. You know, there are a lot of great, you know, videos of live performances.
1: Mhm.
3: Mm-hmm. But there are not very many. And I went looking through YouTube, YouTube doing spoken word, spoken word poetry, spoken word videos, and I, you know, I pulled out my head whoever I could think about. But even you know, long term artists who are phenomenal there are very few of them that have videos that are not um, just a video of a live performance, of a mm. scripted videos, and, yes. you know, there are a few of them out there. Now, yes. one thing over in London, they've been doing it longer,
5: yes, and, and it seems
3: to be more diverse as yes, far as have. them putting out video. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
5: They do it so fast, seem like. They're just constantly cranking them out over there. Yes, sometimes, yeah, you know, that's
3: where sometimes where I say we really need to learn how to support in the collaboration. That's, that's what's really important. Sometimes we don't get true. so afraid that one person is going to get ahead of another person. You know, mm-hmm. hey, let's get together and yeah. get this one video done. And you can all be in each other's videos. <laughs> that's
1: right. That's <laughs> but, right. you know,
3: like, let's kind of pull together, get one good video out there yeah you know could to represent the industry, so I guess David what I want to, and um Tony want to go out, okay, you've made the video, okay, we have the video other than youtube what is the what are the avenues to get it out there? Can spoken word videos do they have an opportunity for play on um m t v and all these other networks, and what are ways of distributing it um the video once it's done? and what format should it be in?
5: David? Uh,
2: I think that um, uh, YouTube, they have uh, Vimeo. There's other uh, avenues that's coming out on a daily and consistent basis, like uh, Instagram, uh, Vine. Those are, are new apps. And uh, Jackie and myself, we involved with the Urban Tech Fair and uh, one of uh, – the things that the Urban Tech Fair um, focuses on is building apps. And so there's going to be something coming up to where uh, a video platform like an Instagram or um, a Vine video could be put out there. You have YouTube. We have uh, different networks. Like Diddy have his own uh, network that just came out. Spike Lee – is having a, a platform for independent artists to put out YouTube videos. Uh, Russell Simmons is coming out with a, a special network of uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: in, and independent artists. So it's like all, limited, deaf, digital. all deaf digital. So it's mm-hmm. unlimited opportunities that's available. And then like Jackie mentioned, Uh, collaboration. And I I think like collectively, you know, if you have a few artists that could put in and and do something like uh, some of the other cultures, like instead of us trying to really push somebody down, we should try and grab somebody and let's pull each other up. If we don't have enough money for a budget to produce something nice, maybe if I put $2 in, you put $2 in, and we get five other people to put $2 in and promote your work, make some kind of money off your work and put it back into a pot, then things can happen because, like Tony was saying, it's, we're kind of losing ground. And I think that's why we're losing ground of holding on to certain art forms like hip-hop because of lack of collective collaboration. Amen. That's awesome. And Matt mm-hmm. might
4: have had mm-hmm. some suggestions. Um, what we're doing here as part of my piece of poetry crew we have decided we call ourselves the collective crew. For instance, one of the things I've done is um, instead of me just doing one video, you know, fortunately for me, like you said earlier, I, I'm prepared. I usually have everything written out. And I usually, because I'm used to doing live shows, I can get things done in one or two takes, you know. So what I, what we do doing here is if one of the artists that perform with me live is ready to do a video, and I am, we hire the same crew the same day, Et cetera, And we share that cost for that time frame. So we mm-hmm. might share the cost for a makeup artist, a stylist, mm-hmm. um, a cinematographer for whatever crew they bring. using. we have two, two, a uh, two to three camera, um, two to three cameras on set. But mm-hmm. we share that time, four hours. And because we're live artists, we know we got to get it done the f- right the first time, the second at the most, you know. And we get it done a lot faster. Even when we go into the studio, I'm finding if I rent two hours hours of studio time, I typically don't need that delayed three tracks because I'm so used to doing mine live. I'm usually so prepared by the time I get to the studio. So we share those. We share our time, and we share Mm -hmm. our resources that way. So I would like to offer that as a suggestion to those who think they can't afford things. You know, we share makeup artists. We hire someone, like how much. And we know it's got to be done within that period of time, and we – we do that um, very regularly, uh, and that's been working for us as a group. Mm.
6: Yeah. Hello, can, hello can, you, can you hear
3: me?
6: Yes. Is this hey, from 302? Yeah, this is 302. This is, um, great, Ivan. great. Um, I
3: opened up for you. I just wanted to announce you. Go ahead. Um, oh, state
4: your name. Thank you, sister. Please.
6: Hi, <laughs> my name is um, Ivan Thomas. I'm a videographer. Um, He's blue films
4: I told you guys about earlier. Blue films.
6: Okay, is on hi <laughs> <laughs> Hey And you know I'm, I'm definitely enjoying the call and, and listening. I've been listening for a while, and um, it's, it, and I just want to highlight like what film does, or what video does, and you know we're in a brand new world right now. And the world that we're in, it's all digital, and if we and, and if done right, we can give people. You can get artists can get the exposure that they need. You know, one of the problems is, is that video is sometimes out of reach for independent artists, unless like mm-hmm. you know they got a crew. Um, you know, like I heard someone say in London. Like um, I watch Vimeo, and on Vimeo there's like a lot of spoken artists. They have a crew. They you know they're younger generation,
0: and mm-hmm. one guy might
6: make t-shirts, the other guy might have the camera, and the other guys the artist, and they work together, yeah. and oh, then right. that's mm-hmm. their. That's their marketing team right there. But, you know, when yeah. you get older, the problem is now everybody want to check. You know what I mean? They don't want to work together for the same goal. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm with Sean. I'm like, if there's anything that we can do to, Blue Films can do for anybody to get it out, let's, let's work together and get it out. Because right now, as a videographer, I know how important media is. People might not remember your name, but their dad gonna remember that video that you put out. They remember that mm-hmm. lyric that, sh- that you dropped. They remember that, yeah. that, that, sh- that sh- shower scene or the car scene, and then mm-hmm. the idea for the video is to take those people from your video to your website, so when you have a call of action, you know to, if you want them to buy a CD or it's not a CD, but a buy a download or whatever, whatever. But um, yeah, the video is very essential right now, especially in this world, 2013. It's nowhere near the same as 2008. Right.
3: Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much, Ivan. How can we get back in touch with you?
6: I'll tell you what. Uh, if you're on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Ivan C. Thomas.
5: Twitter, okay. it's the
6: same, Ivan C. Thomas.
5: Okay. The
6: website is actually under construction. And um, if you go to Facebook Twitter, it'll take you right to my YouTube page. That way you can see everything that we we shot. And
4: you can also see so Thomas on YouTube his work.
6: Um on YouTube is three oh two automotive. Okay.
4: And also you can check out on YouTube his some of his work. He's recorded some things for me under um Sweet Franchine on
3: YouTube.
6: Yeah. Okay. Some things from Buck Wilder, the comedian out of Philadelphia.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know about him. Oh, uh, did did you um, know about Tony um, Ivan? Did you get to hear hear um, Tony's background?
6: Oh yes, I did. He was the first when right. I when I got on. I was,
3: yeah, I heard him. I, I was sitting here like, wow, my I man,
6: he's awesome, fun. he's awesome. And he actually <laughs> made me realize that you don't know any. Like like myself is like I come in like a sponge. Like I know a lot, but hearing him, I'm like I know nothing. And he definitely <laughs> blessed me tonight with making me saying, you know what? It's some stuff that I gotta put on on like you said we say put it on paper if it's not on the page it's not on the stage. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that, man. And um, yeah, I really I heard them and I thank you for it. It's, how, now, how do I get in contact with you? what's what your Twitter? You know.
5: P H R U I S H U N. Okay. P H R U I S H U N. That's Twitter. That's Facebook, that's dot com, my website, fruition dot com, my website, that's Reverb Nation. That's okay. my page on Facebook, yeah. So please do, you guys, please do, uh hit me up. I'd love to share and, and maybe we can build some things.
1: All right.
3: And on Facebook Last if you guys um if you look up Master Griot Radio also on Facebook we have a group and a page. You can like the page, or if you hit up the group, I, I put um, a copy of the the chat with the um, sure. with the show, so that the links, all this information you guys give me, are in the chat. So if you need to go back and look it up, just go to Master Grio over on Facebook, and you get a copy of the chat is in there.
1: All oh,
4: right
3: on. I just wanted to share with everybody,
4: Jackie. Um, she's really a humble sister, but I want to thank you for. You know, staying true to getting spoken word as a respected artistic expression. I want to thank you for the work you do with Master Gria, and I just appreciate you. Yeah, baby, thank you. Oh, I, I
2: appreciate you too, Jackie, and thank you for having us on here. And I got, i did didn't uh, announce—I'm not really on Twitter that much, but I do have a Twitter. It's famous one for you. F A M O U S, the left, number one the number four in the letter U, and that's the same on Instagram. So uh, Facebook, I do black men music and entertainment. So if anybody want to contact me, you can catch me there. But Jackie is a a definite uh, blessing because not only is this spoken word, but I met her through the Urban Tech Fair where she's bringing technology to urban communities. Whoa. Uh, across not just in the country but across the globe, so uh, we're reaching out to Africa, Bermuda,
1: and many other
2: different places to um, bring technology as far as uh, apps, web building, graphics, coding, things like that. So Jackie, uh, that's how we met, and yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, so many hats. So.
3: Well, you know what, Ivan and Tony, since I have you guys on, and he's talking about the Urban Tech Fair, there was something, you know, this is November, and this is National Hip Hop History Month.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I actually wanted to do something during the month. We're kind of a little close. So was, you know, we have a small team, and I had David heading up the art and tech team. But I would like to, even if we do it in December, I wanted to do a piece called The Other Side of Hip Hop where we focus wow. on women and conscious hip hop.
1: Okay.
3: And just wanted to do it as um as a global um you know web interview.
1: Oh, that's and nice.
3: So yeah. I know we can we can work and get African Bombada. I know we can reach out to KRS-One.
1: Mhm.
3: If we can get Nas and then I have an a artist over in na- Akua Nauru, if you look her up. And she also does poetry. she got this piece, Poetry, How Does It Feel? Mm. But she does some bad spoken word, too. She's over in Germany. Whoa. Okay. And then I have a woman, Intelligence, out in Las Vegas, who won um, Top Female MC with um, under MC Light in the org. MC Light had a competition, and it was over in L.A., but she's in Vegas. And mm-hmm. we got Farrah Burns out in New York. And I got plenty of good. I got Hezekiah out of Philly as far as a conscious hip-hop artist. Uh-huh. And, you know, we got good ones. But I did want to put that on. And since I have two videographers, we actually have a live stream channel, but I don't have the sensibility yet to figure out how to technically connect everyone
1: mm. and,
3: and I need you, if like you guys will come on our team I bet you within 30 minutes we could figure it out because we got a back <laughs> studio and just tell, and all we need to do is give them instructions how everybody needs to key in and they're right. waiting Akua and all of them are waiting for this to be put on
5: so wow. can I ask
3: for your help right now yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. Whatever we can do, whatever I can do, you know, I,
5: I'm in. Yeah, and same here for for Tony. Most most definitely, I'm I'm not high tech, but I love I love high tech. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's not really high tech. I just you know like you know sometimes you give me a couple too many directions at once, I get confused. I'm the person. Exactly. I walk one way, I go in the store, come back and walk the wrong way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
3: you know, I know we have to plug in, like each location has to plug in their camera and this, you know,
1: just mm-hmm. somehow,
3: I'm, you know, how the cameras connect, I'm not sure because I don't really have a camera. So I need mm-hmm. you guys to have cameras just to go back there and see, tell us what each person needs to do.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Gotcha, and then gotcha. one person,
3: you know, can act like the producer, and it's like, okay. Bring on camera one. Bring on camera two. We, the producers, can communicate right in the back office just by texting. One, I mean, you know, typing in. It's like a, um, like a social feed just amongst the producer that's private, mm,
1: so right, we can, right.
3: you know, get this done
1: and just cue each other
3: in. Okay, Francois, she, she you know, she does everything, too.
1: <laughs> I, I'm
4: learning that part. Ivan is teaching me some things. Ivan is teaching me some things, but we got
6: you. We got you. Yeah, we got you.
3: All righty, well, this has been a, a great show, great discussion. And before we leave out, um, you know, I've had my say, and I, I thank you each for blessing me and blessing this platform. So, um, I'm
1: gonna
3: what we're gonna do, we're gonna start off with David. Then we're gonna to go to Ivan. We'll go to Francois, and we're gonna end with you, Tony. Okay. And this is the question. You have thirty seconds and the whole world listening. What do you what wisdom do you wanna part?
1: Well, I,
2: I wanna part the whole thing about collective collaboration, holding on to our roots, because spoken word to me is the very beginning of how word traveled in Africa with the drums beating, the messages sending, you know. This is this goes way back, like Tony said, we gotta hold on to this. This is the probably one of the last things that we have is our word to carry on this tradition. And so that's why I feel this is very valuable because this is not only going to be about spoken word, but this is going to transform and go on to R&B, go on to hip hop, go on to rap, go on to jazz. We have to hold on to our roots. And our roots will be transferred to future generations through spoken word to music and that's why this is so important. And that's all. I got to I think I ran out of my 30
1: minutes
6: 30 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so so uh 30 seconds to drop some wisdom the the wisdom I want to leave the world with, right? Um artistry. I want to th- Artistry. Everybody on this phone and everybody listening has a level of artistry in them that's built in them that was sent down from the sent down by the creator. And with that artistry and with unity, it's like a it's like the body. So teamed up together, we can do whatever we can meet every goal. We can go jump through leaps and bounds. We can do whatever we that needs to be done to keep everything to keep the artistry alive. So with that saying, I say we form Voltron.
4: All right, and the only thing I have to say is be true to yourself. You are able and capable to do all things. I just want everybody to share resources. It's enough out here for all of us to be that divine person that we were sent here to be, and I wish you all the greatest and best success in all that you
5: do. Wow. I agree with what everybody said, and I'm totally, totally, again, in agreement with what everybody said, my thing, I guess, to add to what everybody said was, we have to think globally. Um, there was just a mention of an artist in Germany. We, we may not be getting we may or may not be getting the recognition we feel we deserve in our city or in our state or even in our country, but there's a world of people out there who are hungry for what we have to say what we have to do, with the the gifts and the talents that we've been blessed with, we can go far beyond sharing them next door or sharing them down the street or what have you, even regionally, even nationally. It's an international audience out there who can be blessed by what we do, and there are people there who can bless us too. So let's think globally. Let's really start thinking globally, worldwide, baby.
0: Every time I tell somebody I do poetry for a living, they look at me weird. Like they don't believe that it's possible. I tell them that it is. I tell them I don't make my living off giving people reasons to buy a CD. That's crazy. I make my living off giving people reasons to live outside the box, outside the cell block, outside the cubicle. I tell them that a life lived without boundaries is beautiful. I tell them that the body can do whatever the mind chooses to. And I ain't got no illusions or grandeur. I know where my story ends, but yours begins whenever you get ready to move. Want to be a lawyer? Take your ass back to school. You only got a short time on this earth, so while you here, you better find your niche and work on it like your life depends upon it because tomorrow isn't promised Failure's not an option want to be a dancer get it popping work your angles like an architect with all your tears blood and sweat then disregard the people that'll tell you you're crazy because they too scared or lazy and too complacent to make the necessary changes this life is about risk jumping in with both feet because the answer could be just beneath the surface and the timing ain't never gonna be perfect but only two percent of the people on this planet actually do what they want sixty percent of the people on this planet work for them the other thirty eight percent are just too far gone. So you better get in where you fit in while you still can. Otherwise, die wondering what could have been. And when you think about it like that, doing poetry for a living makes perfect sense. It puts me in that 2%. I only answer to God. Program managers can't censor my shit. I'm a prophet that prophesies and profits. No gimmicks. I give it to you the same way God gave it to me. The pen is a pistol. The words are a nightstick. I just beat you over the head till you submit. No blue pill, just red. Here's some water. Swallow this. And this ain't about performing. This is two doses of reality, call me in the morning, this is where it is born, this is you better get your piece of the pie before it's gone, this is one part heart, four parts persistence, cover the pot and let it simmer, guess who's coming to dinner, opportunity's knocking, better pop the lock and let them enter, this is 2005, you can start a business with an internet connection and a laser printer, no excuses, get on your mission and consider all this the next time you fix your face to ask me what I do
1: for a living.